Welcome back into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We, of course, are live on Sportsnet. Sportsnet 360 in Vancouver. Calgary's 960. Can you tell I lost my... Sportsnet 650 <laughs> in Vancouver. Oh, okay. Not 360. Shout out to Sportsnet 438 and none of it. See what happens when you get kind of... I saw the panic in your when you start sneaking up on my intro, and I don't have the uh, intro or your uh, itinerary in front of me. But mm. I do know for sure oh. that this hour, real Kipper and Born, is brought to you by Bet Three Six Five. I wanted to mention something as well that uh, the twenty twenty four Rogers All Star Game is coming to Toronto, and that we have an exciting upcoming giveaway to our listeners. Starting in episodes tomorrow through January 26th, we'll be giving away pairs of tickets to the different NHL All-Star Weekend events, including the All-Star Thursday, All-Star Skills Competition, and the All-Star Game. Uh, in tomorrow's episode, we are starting this giveaway with tickets to the NHL All-Star Thursday. So be sure to tune in. So there you go, boys. We're giving away a little bit of ticketing Ooh, to our show. To the, to the, and and I, I, awesome. I'm hearing the Beebs is all in Beebs on this. In. The All-Star. Reporting, weekend. not really reporting, but we've heard. Yeah, him we, and him and uh, Austin we Matthews. Should, let's reach out to Bieber's camp. Let's get him on. Kipper, I mean that's more Kipper's circle. You got his number? Me. No, I don't. But Kipper's runs in those circles. Bill Burr probably has his number. Ask Bill Burr for Bieber's number. We gotta grab somebody. Yeah, well, we're gonna yeah, grab we're, somebody. Yeah. But we want Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want the Biebs to come to uh, my uh, Eric Lindros skate on Thursdays. Okay. Well, this is we're starting the movement here. <laughs> is buddy. that at uh, it's at North Toronto? Yeah, don't, don't, do, don't that. do that. Don't Sammy, do that. now we got, like, there's going to be Sammys all over the oh, place yeah, now. Right. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's not the case at all. Top security at uh, North Toronto. Yes. They won't let anybody in. Nah, no, not at all. Except Beebs. Trust me. Beebs is in. They wouldn't want to see us on Thursday morning. <laughs> or me anymore on Thursday morning. They got way better things to do. Okay, Sean Reynolds is going to join us soon, uh, Sportsnet reporter in Winnipeg. Uh, since so much talk about the Vancouver Canucks, and it's warranted, but so is what is happening in Winnipeg with the Jets here. Well, Borny mentioned it in our lease hour, but I'll mention it here, that the best records in the NHL since November 24th, the Oilers are somehow better than the Jets. I know. Uh, at 16-3-0 for an 842 winning percentage. The Jets are 16-4-2 for a 7-7-3, and then the Canucks are a 14-5-2 for 7-14. Like, you know, you saw the Oilers coming. I think you knew the Jets would be good, but not this good. And the Canucks are a complete surprise. So it's a pleasant surprise for everybody in Canada and people at Rogers. Yes, sir. Okay, let's welcome him in. Sean Reynolds does a terrific job following the Winnipeg Jets for us here at Sportsnet. Uh, Let's bring him in. It's probably been, what, uh, three weeks, four weeks since we last had John and... I mean, we were we were talking about a, a pretty good start and a pretty good run, and it ain't going away anytime soon here, Sean. We had um, some talk about Vancouver, and there's a, a a guarded optimism in terms of what lies ahead in the back half of the season in Vancouver. Is it the same way in Winnipeg? 
based on what happened last year, considering that the Jets, you know, a lot of people forget the Jets were first in the West right around this time last season before they started that precipitous fall. They had an almost the biggest collapse in NHL history had they fallen out of the playoffs at that point. So th- there's a lot of people uh, who who are thinking that. Now, I know we were having a lot of conversations after Christmas and leading up to around this time of year last year, last season, that what the Jets were doing wasn't sustainable. The, the The floor was about to fall out from underneath them. They were winning games, but it was those things where you see teams go on a little bit of a heater, and sometimes by the third last game of the win streak or four, sometimes fifth, you're looking and you're saying, this team is going to have a fall and it's going to be ugly. That's what you saw from the Winnipeg Jets. So because of that last season, because of that fall, there's a guarded optimism about this. If you watch this team play, there's no reason to be worried about what is happening with this team there. You know, I think it's 29, it's like like 30 games now straight that they haven't allowed more than three goals. And for the majority of the last 10 or 12 or 15 games, most of those games are two goals and under. You can't score against this team. If they come out and happen to get two goals on you in the first five minutes of the game, pack it up and save your energy and get to the next game. You can't score on this team. So what they're doing right now is repeatable. It is constant night after night, even when they don't seem to have their fastball, they fall into their structure, which is just ironclad and hard to beat this team. It it went from playing Rick bonuses system and playing a system that gave them a chance to win every night. And it's advanced to the point that they play that system and they are extremely hard to beat now every night. It's crazy. The Jets are three points up on Colorado with a game in hand. Um, They are the sixth team in NHL history to allow three or fewer goals in 30-3-0 straight games. How much of that is Connor Hellebuck? How much of that is good team defense? Okay, this is uh, th- this is the the idea that I've been kind of battling and beating the drum on. A lot of people around the league are going to know who Connor Hellebuck is and know that he was the kind of goaltender who um, who kept the Jets in it for a lot of years. The Jets were a team that made a lot of mistakes. Their structure was really loose. They like to play Globes Trotter style hockey, and Connor Hellebuck would bail them out them out of that time and time again, which gave him a reputation as being one of the best goaltenders in the world deserved reputation. He won a Vesna doing that one year by basically taking a team that shouldn't have made the playoffs and dragging them over the playoff line. That's not it this year. This Jets team is extremely hard to play against. Their games look the same with Connor Hellebuck in net as they do when Lauren Bressois is in net. A lot of the shots, you take a look at some of the shots from last night, I'd say Connor Hellebuck faced in the neighborhood of 30 shots. 15 to 20 of them would have been floated in from distance. Like these are... These are shots that a goalie is standing up straight and redirecting with uh, with the blocker just to get it into the corner, or sometimes kind of passing it to the rest of his team. Uh, I'm not taking away anything from these goaltenders. Connor Hellebuck at the beginning of the year struggled a little bit under this system because he was so used to being busy. Now he's got to be that guy who doesn't face a lot but needs to be ready when he does face something. Last night was a perfect example. It's a shutout towards the end of the game. There were four or five really high danger chances. He was ready to go for them he's adapted perfectly to this system so yes Connor Hellebuck is a huge part of their success Lauren Brassois is a huge part of their success but if you didn't point out that the Winnipeg Jets system is the most ironclad I'll say it the most ironclad system defensive system in the NHL right now you would not be doing your job we're talking to Sean Reynolds Sportsnet reporter in Winnipeg for 
us doing a terrific job. So we often talk about conversations already about coaches, coach of the year, and uh, certainly Rick Bonus would be in there somehow, some way. Uh, but executive of the year, Kevin Cheveldayoff. Can we talk about two things? And I'll I'll leave the trade for Pierre Luc Dubois on the sidelines for yeah. a second. Just the ability now to f- have found a way to sign Mark Shifley and, of course, Connor Hellebuck. But focusing on Hellebuck, where would Hellebuck be or Winnipeg be right now if Kevin Cheveldayoff did not sign him? And what what would he have been looking at on a next deal if, in fact, he was potentially going into UFA this July Oh, well, I mean, it's a really good question, uh, Kipper, because I think what happened this year is he went out looking and they were exploring trade options for Connor Hellebuck. And I don't know that the the market was necessarily there for this expanded deal that you're thinking of. Like I, the one thing I'm taking a look at, and, and it's a copycat league, right? So the Vegas Golden Knights go and they win the cup with, you know, a bunch of goaltenders that don't make a lot of money. They kind of used three, four goaltenders last year to get to where they were going. Lauren Bressois is the goaltender. The Jets backup goaltender is the goalie that booted them out of the playoffs last year. And I think that there's a little bit of a belief within the league that the $10 million goaltender that, that, that experiment hasn't worked, right? It's got, come close a couple of times. Carey Price almost, almost dragged the uh, Canadians over the line that one year. And Bobrovsky woke up last year and did a lot. Uh, but I think the, I, I don't think a team has won with a $10 million goaltender yet. So if Connor Hellebuck wants to be paid where he should be compared to the rest of his goaltender brethren in the league, I'm the first one to say he should be paid the most in the league, right? I think he got to a place where he was seeing what was out there and he decided, A, he knows Winnipeg, he knows what it's about, he loves his relationship with Wade Flaherty, the goaltending coach there. Uh, and, and there was a belief, give credit to Kevin Sheveldayoff, who you're talking about here, but also the core of this team. This is a team that obviously, by what they're doing right now, this core has been together for a long time. They've clearly underachieved for a lot of years. This team remained uh, remained in belief of its capability of doing great things. And Connor Hellebuck was one of the guys who'd said, I'm here because I believe we can win a cup here. His belief is what's carried them through here. Uh, and, and that belief extends through all the major players like the Adam Lowry's, the Josh Morrissey's. And eventually, I think it took some time, but Mark Shifley as well. So you're talking about Chevaldeoff and the success of the offseason. Obviously, the trade with Dubois was a huge reason they're having the success. I'm sure you've talked that to death, and maybe you're tired of talking about it. I want to talk no. about the Dubois side of it just for a second. Yeah. He just got demoted to the fourth line in L.A. I haven't checked his stats today. <laughs> Anybody maybe, notice in Winnipeg? Yeah, like maybe, he's, yeah. I'm sure they did. Like maybe he's got 15 <laughs> points or something this year, which is like Nick Robertson numbers or something. Was there any world in which you saw him struggling this much on a good team? Yeah, yes. And and the reason I say that is because when he came to Winnipeg, a lot of people forget that same year I'm talking about the Montreal Canadiens going to the cup final. Uh, he was demoted to the fourth line in the Jets playoff series against the Montreal Canadiens. He struggled mightily. Now there was always, you know, and this is the job of a team to kind of try and hide those bumps and those bruises that a player goes through when they switch from one team to the other. Mm-hmm. And again, I always defer to Kipper with stuff like this because he's been inside those rooms and knows about these kind of things. But 
everyone was saying it was COVID. He came and he had to sit out for that little bit of time. If you remember, the Jets picked him up and the rules, him crossing the border and coming into Canada meant he needed to uh, stay at home for a while. And the Jets storyline that year was basically that he sat out a little bit of time and he just never quite got his feet underneath him. I call bogus on that and I did at the time I didn't buy that for a second I mean if Nikita Kucherov can sit out an entire year and do what he did in the playoffs that same year uh, I'm fairly certain it was that same year uh, I can't see how missing two weeks of time for Pierre-Luc Dubois made it so he was never able to get his foot foot underneath him how he was never able to get his his wind underneath him Um, he struggled in that situation before so now did I see it being this bad I'm not going to say stand here and tell everyone that he got traded to LA and this was all going to fall apart. I never said that, but I'm not surprised by this because we've seen this before. The one thing I will say about LA is they're trying to, they went after Pierre Dubois guy who we saw when he did get his feet under him in Winnipeg, when he gets going, he can take over a game. This player can clearly do that. He did that for stretches of a time. At one point, I think about 60 games, 50 games into the season last year, he was a point-per-game player with the Winnipeg Jets. And then when they fell apart, he fell apart too. But this is a player that, teams looked at and thought if we can get this guy to drop those kind of lulls that he has throughout a season he could be a point per game player a guy who clearly often leads the league in drawing penalties yeah uh takes a lot of penalties uh gets in the other team's grill and just takes over games I know LA may be moving him down to the fourth line. I don't know how they feel about him now. Maybe this is just a way to get him going. For LA, I don't think any of this matters right now. If they can get that version of Pierre-Luc Dubois to show up in the playoffs, then I think they're starting to say, this is what we traded him for. So right now, this isn't the litmus test for the uh, LA Kings. They just need to get into the playoffs, and they need to get him going. If they can get him going, he's a force of nature. And a team like that, with the depth they have at center, with Pierre-Luc Dubois operating at full capacity, that would be scary. I don't care who you are. Seven straight without Kyle Connor. I mean, is has that been noted like yes. enough? Yeah, maybe not enough, but but I guess this is this is what I'd say about this team is the Rick Bonus's system, and it's I think it's very different than what the Jets system used to be. The Jets system under Paul Maurice used to really rely lie on their upper echelon players and their fourth line players really didn't get to play that much there were clearly tears on the winnipeg jets at that time ice time would reflect that opportunity on the penalty kill the power play would reflect that this jets team now is set up in a way where uh great line uh that rick bonus told me about mark shifley he said mark shifley is more skilled than everyone else on the team right so when he's in the offensive zone he's gonna have a level that he can reach that other guys on the team uh, can't read. So I don't expect Adam Lowry to look like Mark Shifley in the offensive zone. But on this team, in this system, Mark Shifley better look like Adam Lowry in the defensive zone. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing from that and what he said time and again, where he said all four of his lines should look the same. That's what you get from the Winnipeg Jets right now. All four lines go, they play the game the exact same way. You're not getting a break when the third or second line comes out uh, and thinking, okay, now's our chance to get our stars out there and score. Rick bonus is just as confident putting the fourth line out as he is against the first line. So w- when, when Kyle Connor went down, yeah, you're taking a guy out of the lineup who at the time was right in the thick of the rocket Richard trophy race 
And I, I had said it at the time, we do our, a local podcast. If you want to go look at it, I'd said this will not affect the Winnipeg Jets barely at all because basically this system is designed. It's not a next guy up mentality where a guy needs to elevate his game. They're all playing the same at all times. You can't score on them very often, which means Dominic Toninato can come in the lineup, a guy who's been struggling to stay in the NHL his entire life and, and be a point per game player for the little bit that he was brought in here and score the kind of goals that are game winners like every night you can be the hero for the winnipeg jets because if you score one of two goals there's a good chance the team's going to win 2-1 and they carry that mentality in there they don't need to outscore their problems so losing a guy like kyle connor uh if you're watching here in this local market it's not what it would be in another market where teams need to outscore their issues and maybe get into a track meet with teams on other nights it's never a track meet in winnipeg it's like a wrestling match where they lock up the jets throw their opposition into a headlock and then they just hold them in a headlock for three periods until the other team says listen we're just going to move on to the next city and try our luck there it's funny you know a lot of times when teams go on hot streaks i like to look into all right do the numbers back it up like you mentioned it is sustainable and and i just statistically it very much is they are among the best teams in a group with basically edmonton you know among the best teams in the nhl right now who has been maybe the brightest surprise I'm looking at the decor and trying to look for names. It's a very good third pair. You mentioned uh, Toninato on a fourth line. Who's been sort of a bright spot this season that the Winnipeg fans would not have expected? So because everyone carries kind of the same weight, like I'm saying, it's hard for anyone really to stand out. Now, Gabe Velarde, the way that he popped in on that first line, I think opened a lot of people's eyes, including Gabe Velarde's. Like, I think Gabe Velarde is looking at his time here in Winnipeg and thinking, wow, this is what I always thought I could be. So that's one. Adam Lowry this year has just gone to, he's gone beast mode. And I think taking that next level, uh, I know that Derek Lalonde, when he was in town, we didn't even ask him about it. He just volunteered that he thought Adam Lowry is the best shutdown center in the NHL now. Uh, Jordan Stahl, when he was in town, I was talking with him about Lowry, and I'd heard comparisons between the two. And he said to me, it is quite the honor that you are comparing me to Adam Lowry, uh, which you know, <laughs> I took that to Lowry. And Lowry said, right. God, I've been trying to be that guy my entire career. I can't believe he's saying that. So that would be a, a, a big one. But in the subtleties of this Jets game, I would say the guy who really, shows off who the Jets are is Vladislav Nemesnikov, a guy who basically has been bouncing around the league, couldn't find a spot. The Jets picked him up for a fourth round pick at the trade deadline last year. They didn't have that second line center because Pierre-Luc Dubois left and they were going to try with Cole Perfetti at the beginning of the year. It didn't work. He was getting targeted. He was getting beat up. So they had this gaping hole at the second line center and Nemesnikov has moved in there and not just settled that line. They thrive. He does it defensively. He does it offensively and he's that kind of guy and I don't know how many of these guys exist in the NHL but truly if if the coach came to him tomorrow and said hey Vladdy you've scored eight points in five games you're going to be a healthy scratch next game Vladdy would be like okay if that's what you think we need that's what we'll do and there's just no hint of ego there he is just so focused on doing what is important for the team and and I do think that that kind of attitude has really bled through Mark Shifley doesn't need to carry as much of the weight or have as much of the spotlight anymore everyone I think has really sacrificed on this roster to kind of you know taken a, a little bit away from themselves to give more to the team and it's why we're seeing what we're seeing might have what, 20, 25 games to go to get to a trade deadline? You assume that everything should stay 
pretty even keel for the Winnipeg Jets, you know, describing what you've witnessed already. So what does that mean at the trade deadline? Does Kevin Cheveldayoff go all in on uh, trying to win the Stanley Cup? Uh, I would think that you have to. I mean, if this is last season, a lot of people were wanting Kevin Sheveldayoff to get really busy at the trade deadline and, and take some really big swings uh, to try and save a floundering team. Uh, my take on that is like a team needs to show its GM that it's worth investing in, right? So the, the, they didn't bargain their future last year. And Kevin Sheveldayoff, you know, we touched on that. I don't think we went that deep on it, but you're talking about him as an executive. Kevin Sheveldayoff's move at the trade deadline last year were Vladi Nemesnikov for a fourth and Nito writer for a second and those guys have been beasts so quietly without moving a lot of capital uh he went and got two guys who are absolutely huge Nino and both of those players re-signed with the Winnipeg Jets which is always tricky trying to get those guys to re-sign but if you're Kevin Sheveldayoff right now, I think what this team has shown you at this stage is they look like a team that is capable of making a serious push for a Stanley Cup, which I think puts GMs in a, in a position where they look at their team and say, okay, are there any question marks on this roster? And if there are, that has to be addressed. You cannot go into the playoffs and think, yeah, I had kind of wondered about that. You just can't do that if you're the Winnipeg Jets. So I've, I've been lauding uh, Vladislav Nemestikov here and his role on the second line. But is if you run into the LA Kings and Pierre-Luc Dubois does wake up and that you've got that center group that you're playing and you bump into them in the, let's say, in the Western Conference Final or something like that, are you going to regret not going out and finding a bigger, heavier, or more skilled or whatever second-line center in that spot and then move Vladislav Nemestikov down to the fourth line and turn that line into a ridiculous scoring fourth line that is still defensively responsible. So I think if you're the Jets, you're probably targeting a second line center. You're probably targeting maybe, you know, beefing up your your back end. They've been phenomenal. They fall into the system. If you're going to beef it up, you need to get a guy who's got the legs to play the system that the Jets are playing because one of the things that makes them successful is those defense are extremely active. But I, I, I've been hearing that he's very active and looking around. I would fully expect Kevin Sheveldayoff to be very active and try and plug whatever tiny holes this roster may have. The Here in Toronto, the Leafs uh, grocery list is a little longer and they don't have much in their wallet to purchase things with. How, uh, how are the Jets on assets to spend when you, you get closer to that time? Oh, they've got, the, the, I mean, this is again, so if we're going to talk about Kevin Sheveldayoff and the job he's done, listen, I, I don't want to sound like I'm that guy who's just like all sunshine and unicorn. Buddy, they're first in the rainbows. NHL. If you can't now, when can you? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy good it. Point. It's a good point. Like Kevin Sheveldayoff has been here for a long time. And if you're taking a look at what's happening with the Winnipeg Jets right now, it's clear this is a roster that's unachieved or, or underachieved for a long time. And that happened under Kevin Sheveldayoff's watch. He should own a piece of that and maybe some wasted years with this roster and a potential championship window but that what he's done that the contracts that he's got these guys under i mean josh morrissey you know is is like for what he is right now a top 10 defenseman in the league he's on a sweetheart of a deal connor hellebuck uh gets you know probably two million less than he's probably worth on the market to stay in winnipeg a place where you're supposed to overpay i mean people would think you should be paying that goalie 12 million to stay here and they get him for 8.5 mark shifley just we knew he had it in him it was a matter of getting it out they've got him out of there got it out of him this year he's a bargain so the the Jets have space 
to make moves. They've got a, a pretty good, uh, you know, guys like Rucker McGrory, who just was the captain of the U.S. Uh, uh, junior team. Uh, they've got him. They've got Colby Barlow, who, you know, we talked to some of our guys, you know, Sammy Cosentino talked to him about Cor- Colby Barlow. They absolutely rave about this guy. They got a lot of good guys. Brad Lambert is on the moose. Chaz Lucius is on the moose. They've got a lot of pieces to move. Um, so they've got the pieces to make a deal, the room, the the money to make a deal. They're positioned as good as anyone heading into the trade deadline. Um, I'm sorry, this we're, we do a show out of Toronto. For the listeners in Toronto, can you explain what the word bargain means? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, um, uh, listen, we laugh about it, but the fact of the matter is in Winnipeg, at one time it was thought people would only stay here if they got overpaid. That has never really happened. I mean, even Kyle Connor at the time where he got locked down to his deal, uh, um, the, the only guys I would say who maybe got overpaid for what they did were Blake Wheeler in his last contract with the Winnipeg Jets and Brian Little. And both those guys were getting paid, I think, that little bit of extra money for, for being good soldiers and not just that. They were underpaid for a long time with the Winnipeg Jets. So I think they were okay with sending a little bit more money out the door than they should have because they'd saved so much on the front end of it. But for the most part, I mean, even the Nino Niederreiter deal, he basically talked about, am I going to chisel and try and go get more money elsewhere? Or am I going to take the money that I get right now and stay in a good situation? Kevin Shevoldayoff has taken what is supposed to be the most undesirable market in the NHL and made it a place that players are not only willing to stay in, but take less money to stay there. That's a little bit of magic sean great stuff as always man thanks for doing this love being on with you guys thanks yeah for having thanks man love appreciate it sean reynolds i mean hey sound, sound, things sound pretty good there that's kipper's dream guest right there nice audio setup good backdrop yes. good on zoom that's your dream yes we should just have sean with, on every day with, <laughs> with a better t-shirt though <laughs> 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 gives us 25 minutes of free time you're like, yes. <laughs> you know my bar is uh, always uh, really high but so, sean hit all the marks yeah. there so great description of what has been going on in winnipeg out of sean and reynolds he, he mentioned how things are sunshine and road but we had him on all last year where he was super honest and forthcoming about the the issues with that yes. team. Like, it's not like he's, he's not a no, homer. No, not even close. They're just no. in a good spot yeah. in Winnipeg. You know, I am a firm believer, and, you know, this is not an original thought, but things are never as good as they look when they're going good and never as bad as they seem when they're going bad. This mm. Jets team is good. Okay. They're not the best team in the NHL. Excluding the San Jose Sharks. That oh, yeah. worse yeah. than it looks. An exception to the thing I just said. Um, Fair enough. But no, the Jets, they're not the best team in the NHL to me. What they are is a Stanley Cup contender and a very legitimate one. Love the way they're constructed. I love the depth on the team. Love the goaltending. You know, it's... Even a move like uh, Needham... Meyer, uh, Nino Rider. Love that contract oh for that. Oh, gosh. What a player. And a, just a solid NHLer. Yeah. Um, some breaking news while we were talking mm. to um, Sean. Uh, Elliot Friedman put out a tweet uh, in a story that simply read, Corey Perry can return to the NHL. Yeah, we knew that. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. You did. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that, uh, that, 
no different than Evander Kane going to Edmonton, right? People are going to probably sit there and, and argue on things that they don't really know factually what happened. Right. Right? Yes. Definitive answers on what happened, what did he do, where, where was any line crossed. All we know is the Chicago Blackhawks got rid of him. Yeah. That's all we know. So how do you how do you deny a guy? Well, because presumably employment? they know more than us, and we're presu- but they're not you- sharing, right? But I'm saying when you cut a guy, we're sitting at home going, "Wow, he's a pretty good player. He's playing well. But he, he must have done something." All right, yeah. Can you That's keep a I guy know. out of the league because you think he might have done something wrong based on no Chicago? So like, no, he's coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> I have seven Canadian markets going with that work with my team. No. And the answer is in Toronto, no. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Definitive no. What about a team like Ottawa looking for a veteran guy? Uh, yeah. Maybe it's not def- the right So example. Toronto's a definitive no. Yeah. yeah, Toronto's a definitive no. And I'm not just, I don't know why I would be yeah. wondering, I just, but I'm just I, interested I, in that. Why? I, I, think, I think it's just, uh, I think it's the market too. The, the, the block is hot around Corey Perry here. Just too many people probably asking questions, asking questions, and won't let gotcha. it go. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But other so, markets with one or two. So what you're saying is beat writers, uh, at least playing Tampa in the second round of the playoffs with Corey Perry back on the fourth line. <laughs> no. Oh no. 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 Come back maybe, there. Florida. Maybe Corey Perry in Florida. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> God, can I not I, escape I, this? I, I really know how to strike a nerve on with well, you, Sammy. Eh? <laughs> can Sammy, I not escape Sammy, this guy? Sammy, you just went into a cold oh, sweat. Oh, my God. Yeah, just what they need. Colorado? There's a lot of teams that'll be. I'm sure uh, who's... Edmonton. Who's, who's Corey's agent? Who just did it with Evander Kane? Who's Corey's agent? Looking for depth? Corey's with oh, uh, Donnie Meehan and Pat Morris. It's Edmonton. I'm sure their phones are active Boys. at the moment. How is it not Edmonton? They just did this with Kane. Could be Edmonton. He's a, a fourth-line contributor yeah. to where a place where they would love a little depth like that that could score with grit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what he did, but you know, he's a good hockey yeah, player. He's coming back. Do you guys want to do game time here or do you want to do it on the other side of the break? Let's, Let's do it on the other side of the break. Okay. All right. Other side of the break. We got game time, but we'll also talk about McDavid not being happy with a disallowed goal overruled on an offside call that we could see a thousand times and not know one way or the other so we'll talk about that you mentioned luke pierre luke dubois being demoted to the fourth line bedard out six to eight weeks plenty more to chew on on the real kipper and born show do not go away Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I want to follow up just on this uh, this Corey Perry stuff that uh, Elliot Friedman is uh, reporting that he's uh, free and clear now to sign with uh, any National Hockey League team. And we had mentioned, you know, Corey possibly going to a big market like the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I kind of shut you down. The, the general feeling that I had gotten in the last little while is that you got to be careful on, on putting him in, in 
one of the biggest markets would obviously be here in Toronto. And then that, what would that mean? I'm not here to tell you, Sammy, that I know 100% that he's not, he couldn't end up being a Toronto Maple Leaf, but mm. that is a huge concern. No question about that. Yeah. And, you know, if the Leafs wanted to float out, which is common in the news world, that they're interested, that they're interested, then you see the reaction of your market. Mm-hmm. And if there's a chance that a lot of people aren't going to care, then there's there's some momentum to maybe move forward with it. If it, again, is one of those, you can't bring that guy here, yeah. then you move on. Can, can I ask you if you think he would be interested in playing here after the after what happened with Dubis? Listen, he, not the, signed? He, he's had numerous opportunities or, to, to let the Leafs know how much he wanted to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. And it never materialized. Now at this point, if in fact the Leafs have had a change of heart and they believe that the market will exp- accept him with open arms, yep. uh, there's always a possibility to for, for Corey to end up a, a Leaf. But okay. I get what you're saying here. Yeah. I'm reading what you're saying. Uh, can we do game time? You bet. All right. Game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Only three games on the docket tonight. But I'm looking at the Flyers and the Habs. And Jamie Drysdale is making his Philadelphia Flyer debut tonight. And uh, the Flyers are pretty heavy favorites as I'm pulling this up here. They're minus 185, which is a huge number for the for the Flyers, as they're not a great team. The uh, Canadians are plus 155, but I do like the Flyers tonight. I think it's a big bump getting the new sort of top guy in there. Yeah. They're all feeling really flyery because they were super mean to a kid who had rights, and they're like, <laughs> "We're gonna boo and they be happy, that. and like, yeah, we're gonna be really, we're gonna be greasy, and they're gonna win this game yeah. handily tonight." In James Drysdale's debut, I, I think, I think there's some pressure on on Jamie here. Going into that no market, question. And well, he got he, traded for a huge prospect. He he has to hit. He has to hit big time. And I threw out a comparison of Evan Bouchard. I don't I don't know if he'll ever. I think he can shoot the puck like Evan. Few people no, can, yeah, no but he's gonna have to produce and produce fairly early here. Yeah. I don't think that there, there's some. The bar's been raised right. for the Philadelphia Flyers. What's he, 21? Yep. The, fl- the, the bar's been raised, and, and and their fans are going to expect a guy that can carry an offense, a blue line. Is he ultimately going to think... be a number one defenseman in this league? And if if he's not, then this, this trade blows up in the Philadelphia Flyers' face if he isn't a guy. And he doesn't have to do it this year. He's no, Like we yeah. said, he's only 21, Yeah, but he's... He's got some games underneath his belt uh, mm-hmm. as, as young as he is, but he's going to have to turn out to be a, an A-type defenseman here for I this trade. Think, though, to... Kip, he's he's saved by the fact that he didn't do this, right? Like, this is not – he didn't force the trade. He – you know, this they're going to be mad at Goche if it doesn't work out. I don't know that it's – I understand that you want a top guy to play well, but I don't think this is like a – we expect from you what we expected to get from him necessarily. Flyers fans are 
obviously that reasonable. They're definitely not. They're definitely not creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll be well, creatures. From a management point of view, there should have a feel of equal value. And I don't know how fast we're going to see Goche in the National Hockey League. I assume by the end of the year. Goche's opinion he should be there now. If if I'm not mistaken, he's he's back at school, right? Uh, yeah, that's I, th- I believe so. Yeah. But so, the whole idea here is that he wanted to start his career a lot sooner. Yeah. He just didn't want to do it with the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, it's a spotlight on a kid that, uh, that definitely didn't have it playing out in Anaheim. So, and Torts, things just got hotter for sure for him. Like, there are eyeballs and attention on his game. Um, and really good one in the nightcap tonight. Vegas at Colorado. Excellent game between two yeah. really good teams. Uh, Vegas is plus 120. Pretty good, but Colorado just scores, man. They can play. really. I, I really like the, both these teams. But if I had to lean, I'd go a slight lean to Colorado, mm-hmm. but uh, a little bit of value on Vegas if you're into that. So that was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary. At Bet365, must be 19+. plus. Ontario only, please play responsibly. The uh, Tampa Bay Lightning were down 2 nothing. Uh, in the final 10 minutes against L.A. last night. Ended up winning the game 3-2. John Cooper, 500th career win. He is the sixth coach in NHL history to have 500 wins with one franchise. Great. Congratulations, Coop. Listen. (laughs) Um, I couldn't help but read into the ice-cold hug between him and Stamkos when he gave him the puck. Uh, uh, (laughs) um, I watched the clip. Very heartfelt speech. Yeah. Did you see the clip? I did. Okay. He, I should have got it for us, but it's it's a really like genuinely heartfelt and nice thing where he gave credit to all his former coaches and all the guys that he had and his current assistant coaches and said he would never thought he would get there and all this different stuff where I actually like John Cooper for a couple minutes. So that's- how can you not? The, uh, the other coaches are Al Arbor, New York Islanders, 740, Lindy Ruff, Barry Trotz, Billy Ray, and Toe Blake. Let me ask you something. Hmm. Tampa Bay making the playoffs this year? They are in yeah. the... I think they're currently in the final playoff spot, aren't they? They are. At this point? Are they going to hold on? Oh, yeah. I I, I don't know. We, it's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be a dog fight. Well, I think they're just... They're an old team, right? They're older. They're aging. Like, a lot of their oh, guys Hegel are getting up there. good last night. For sure. They have good, good younger players, but, like, their depth isn't what it used to be. Like, they're not a, a lock. No. But going down the they stretch... to be healthy. But it's crazy, like, so they're in the last wildcard spot. New Jersey is a point behind them with games in hand. Washington is a point behind them. Pittsburgh is a point behind them. Detroit is a point behind them. All those teams have 44 points to Tampa's 45. It's a absolute brawl yeah. in the East. And meanwhile, it's like, yeah, Seattle might get in in the West. Arizona might get in. St. Louis might get in. Calgary might. A little different story there. All right, uh... Connor McDavid, did he blast the officials last night? I, I wrote blasts. I think I was maybe a little harsh for blasts. Yeah, I think it was a little harsh, but there's a level of frustration hit for, for Connor. We have Zach clip. Hyman. You, I thought like he was it? in good spirits about it. Well, yeah, they've won eight in a row. It's yeah. not grumpy Connor. Do you want to hear the clip? And a win's a win. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we can we'll play the clip. Okay, maybe we won't play the clip. I don't know if you have the clip. I put or, it in there, did I not? Okay, anyways. Let's see it. Yeah. Oh, 
If it takes you 15 minutes to, to determine if it's offside or not, um, it probably doesn't really matter. Um, you know, um, you know. I talked to the linesman after. Ultimately, it's not a, not their call, I guess. You know, obviously they said it came down from the league, but you know, you zoom in, you zoom in, you keep zooming in until you can't zoom in anymore, and I guess it's offside. So um, these are calls that uh, you know change games and ultimately it didn't go our way you know that was a big call um it would have really really hurt them and um i thought it should have been onside i mean it's kind of possession too right like the argument of possession um uh, that whole debate can start again um you know it was such a close one you'd like to see it you know i, I think the nhl uses the analogy dead wrong right they, you know if it's if it's dead wrong or something like that i don't know what they say like they want it to be clear and obvious right um that one's certainly not clear and obvious. That's like the best McDavid quote ever. And, and for the record, four minutes. That's absurd. And 10 seconds. What's that? The time that they needed to make the call. Is He's that right? 15. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure for all of us, it probably felt But that's absurd. Longer. That's an absurd amount of time. You're sitting there on the bench in the heat of a battle of an NHL game. And you sit there for four minutes? And to that's be honest, an eternity. That's, you're not necessarily the next guy over the boards. Yeah. Most guys are waiting 10 minutes till they get back on the ice. One thing I'll say about McDavid is he's it was really matured into a fun outside, commentator yeah. uh, on hockey. He has really intelligent, thoughtful things to say in the game. And the other is, the, the ultimate point is, if we have to go like this, it's fine. It's onside. You know, like, it's kind of like the old dragging the foot by the base, like, if it were right there, the the point is to nobody, you know, be egregiously offside here. We're good. Listen, uh, that's on a empty net goal. That that was that, that's off a decision that didn't alter anything. It did cost me money. Cost you goal money. Cost. You know, in a parlay. Zach Hyman's oh. having a monster year, and wants goals. He wants to see how high he can get. That's nothing worse for a goal scorer than having a goal taken away. Yeah. So, but as Connor said, that like, there's going to be a playoff uh. situation to get in. There could be the difference between advancing. It could be a Stanley Cup. Can you imagine got in by one point last that year. same Four minutes and ten seconds in a Stanley Cup final on a deciding goal. It's like people are gonna freak out beyond belief. They gotta, they gotta have that process. But, but you can't get any tighter. That Connor just said. How far can you zoom? There's no. Is there anything tighter than what we saw last night? I've watched it a hundred times. It is not. It's just. It's absurd they reviewed it for that long. It's we, onside. If you call that onside, it's onside. Yeah. There's just, it's just so hard. And the whole system was built not on that. It was built on egregious yeah. calls. An inch. An inch is fine. Half an inch, whatever. But, uh, you know, at that point, we're, you're there. You're close enough inside a certain margin There's, of error if it's called onside on the end. I don't know where you go from here other than this is the way it is and this is what yeah. we ultimately all decided as general managers and players and I get you have to get it committees right. and now with betting you have to get it okay right. the, the genie is out of the bottle you cannot 
put it back in. No, but you can streamline the process. Four minutes and 10 seconds can be expedited somehow. Have those banged out, you know, but you are a couple still of views. Trying to get it right. They're okay. not wasting everybody's time on purpose. But I think you can get it right faster. Without, yeah, like if you wanted, you could make that take 40 minutes and you could, you know, recreate it and put it in it. You know, there needs to be a, we're getting it right within a margin of error that's a certain amount of thickness. Anywho, I, I, I don't know the answer. Well, you know, my thoughts on the review, like you just. Two real-time looks and yeah, move on. but it just takes so long. And it's like, the longer you look at it, the more you can convince yourself the other side of whatever argument you're trying to make. Yeah. Like, they're sitting there convincing themselves it's offside. It's like, like just, when you say a word enough times over and meaning. over, it loses meaning. Yeah. It's like when you watch that for the 30th time, it's like, what, is, what am I watching? I've sure. just been sitting here watching it, and it's just like, I can't get it to offside. Yeah. It's a magic Maybe guy. I watched it for four minutes, I'd have the difference. The dress is Anyways. blue and... <laughs> White, yeah. what was it? <laughs> Silver and gold, gold. I don't know. Anyways, um, Bedard officially oh. out six to eight weeks. Just kind of a crime, you know, for people that want to watch Chicago. <laughs> Let's be real. That kid could have won a million bucks at the All Star game. Yeah, tools wise, he's got all the tools to win that million dollars. And I said of to you before the show. Probably not thrilled if you're one of those people that went out and bought a Chicago season ticket. Yeah, now you're catching all the hot McKenzie Entwistle yeah, action yeah. Good, out there. Good luck selling one of those. Yeah. They went from how much a tick to how much a tick after that. Yeah, what's the resale value of your ticket worth now? Kind of derails his run of breaking Austin's total goal record that he beat Ovechkin, who Ovechkin beat Gretzky. Is that right? There was, a, there was some training. I don't know. Where, where, is, where is he on uh, on how good of a goal scorer you think he can get to be? Yeah, he's, like, in, that, he's in that pocket of players. As soon as you put some talent around him yeah. and mm-hmm. he puts some meat on his bones, Oh yeah, this oh, guy he, he's is going to be a very 60. special goal scorer. Did you, what did you, I didn't even think we were at. What did you think about the hit? Yeah, clean as can be and yeah. just... No, just a bad a mistake on his part. Yeah, yeah we, so we did talk about I've down the middle my of jaw. the ice. I have gone through the process of surgery. I got a 10-screw plate and an X plate that kept the sides together. Oh. Um, you know, and got like a similar timeline for getting back to return to play or whatever. It's not, you know, want, you know like I couldn't eat an apple when the time was up. I, with the confidence it wasn't going to explode my jaw. Oh. It just felt weird. And they're like, yeah, yeah, put a cage on, get out there. I was like, another option would be to not do that. So I don't know with, with Bedard. I, I know he'll be desperate to get back and play, but by that point, we're talking it's March 10th. I don't know. What's the point? I guess get in for the last couple weeks of the year. And yeah. Off you go. Um, Allmark? He's hurt. Big one. Yeah, but that's where you got very good situation with Swayman. At least can't trade for the other guy, though, if one of them's hurt. Can you imagine <laughs> they were actually able to do that? Uh, no, sw- that... They're fine. Yeah, but the other guy, will have, whoever they call up, will have to play at some point. The goaltending the thing I do want to talk about. You won the Vesna. It's not like you can just shrug it off. <laughs> no, but we if did. If the Leafs lost a Vesna to goaltender, every, the sky would be falling. But, oh, Swayman will be fine. It's like, well, it's a different situation without the backup goal, without yeah. your co-pilot. And Boston's not awesome. You know, like I know they're still doing very good. They're better than most teams. But last year they had 130-some points. Um, you know, they're five, three, and two in their last ten. This could have some impact if they have to play someone who's not one of the best goalies on earth. Interesting 
as we talked to Sean Reynolds at the the top of the hour about goaltending and if in fact this is the year for a Demko or a Connor Hellebuck or a Bobrovsky, how quickly does the copycat league go to? Oh my God, we need a number we need one, a stud, stud number one. Yeah. This this one B and one C is over. Yeah, I I just think there's not enough for that to be a thing. But I, there I, is if you can get rid of your so heavy contracts somewhere up front or on the blue line and put it enough, back in. I mean, there's not enough goalies to do that, Kip. Like, how many? There's not enough yeah. goalies that are good enough to play as many as Hellebuck play. Well, or just those guys but, but, play. But whatever, whatever it is, Sammy, the want to go out there and and find it and get it. That's all. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Skarov or whatever, the Askarov? Nashville yeah. Askarov, he's uh, he's tearing it up in the American Hockey League. He's a 920 after being, you know. Well, just my point get is, him in the system be and, and let Soros move on. Yeah. So maybe he's a guy that plays for a different team here in the next two months. The Leafs. That's <laughs> how it's happening, yeah. I would like that very much. They pairing him with uh, I've been telling this for a year and a half that he should be on the Leafs. Anyways. High cost. For sure. All right, as you said, just three games on tap. Sportsnet, I think uh, we'll have Montreal and Philadelphia One lead the way on Wednesday night hockey. You close us out. I just want to say give Quinn Hughes the heart trophy. I watched him last night. He's just wow. unbelievable. He's anyway, very good. Carry on. Okay, I, was I, on this early. All right. I was on this early. You, got so any... you guys made fun of me for this take when I was pandering to our Vancouver audience. More, it's legit more roads? More, more awards you want to give out? Or yep. we'll save that nope. for tomorrow. Nope, I'm all done. All right, our thanks to Matt Martin in the first hour of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show, and then Sean Reynolds, who does a terrific job following the Winnipeg Jets. As we said, three games on tap. Enjoy your Montreal-Philadelphia right here on Sportsnet. And we're back tomorrow. If you get a chance, uh, give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Give us our our feedback, what you think of the show. Yeah, we need we need help bad. Please let us know. I get a lot of feedback. Have a great night, everybody.